Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Or if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins 2 on Amigos episode 311, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm Star Magic Jackson Jr. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Gremlins 2, Aaron. Uh, Aaron, you know, Gremlins are sort of tiny, small creatures that run amok. Um, do they have any roots in the paranormal? Do you think that there, there's any inspiration taken from the Gremlins in the movie from, you know, quote unquote, real cryptoids? Well, no, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, they're sort of like. I always thought, I mean, where did the, I think the term even came from like the, uh, the, uh, the gimmick from the war where stuff would get on the screw with planes and stuff. That'd be gremlins. Mm -hmm. Isn't that where that sort of came from? Yeah, so I'm assuming right. it's sort of like that gimmick. These guys are much, much more annoying, you know, plus they're uh, uh, the other gremlins. You don't ever see them. Like these gremlins are more than happy to parade about in, in, in crazy costumes, acting stupid. So I can't imagine. I'll tell you one thing. If I'm walking through the dark woods and I see a gremlin jump out in drag and, and come at me, <laughs> that would be, it seems like that'd make the papers, even around here, boat. <laughs> what about Chupacabra? That's yeah. what I think of when I think of gremlins. You think of that for everything. Where well. did you learn that word? <laughs> you no, Chupacabra, that means goat blood, blood sucker. Goat bloods. They suck the blood out of goats. Really? That's, yeah. Huh. I believe that's a Spanish term for bloodsucker, something oh. like that. Okay, I could be. I mean, I could be full of crap. Listen, I thought they were like little gremlins. They are kind of small, but I think mm -hmm. they're like a little bit bigger than like a chicken. I mean, yeah, I guess I can see it. There may be something there. See, see. For once, it worked. You just spouted out chupacabra, and you actually came. You came within shooting distance of being right. <laughs> Good Lord, buy a lottery ticket. I should probably quit while I'm ahead, Aaron. Yes. Let's talk yeah. about what's been going on this week in Amiga News. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, here we go. It's time for the Lazarus freaking storm. Are oh. you prepared? I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. Well, listen, with it? a name like Lazarus Storm, you know it's probably not just going to be a rendering of a uh, PCB with some uh, text below it. That's is that what of, it is, Bo? That's, sort of, that's sort of what it is. Don't. This is this is an A500 adapter for the Pi Storm. Okay? So we oh. all know about the Pi Storm, yeah. the new hotness that you're plugging into your Amiga to give it that extra little boost. Yeah. But A500 owners up to this point have been out of luck until really? now until now you get this thing you plug this right into the old card slot uh -huh. and then away you go you plug in your accelerator right in the right in the thing and then boom you're done you're, you've got an, an accelerated a 500 now you know we haven't talked about the pie storm for a week or two i don't know how we missed it but uh the last thing we heard when we listened to uh, Doug over at 10 Minute uh, Amiga Retrocade was cast was that fact that this thing sort of like got blown. He sort of he sort of dropped the hammer on this thing, as I recall. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming there has been literally a month of progress to make it 10 times better. Is that what we're guessing here? Probably so. Probably so. Do you think you should you should try one of these? Well, we're gonna try one for fun, boat. You know, here's the okay. thing. I, I I believe that what you do is you take this this blueprint and then you send it away to some place like PCB Way or something like that. Uh -huh. And uh, and then you you know it, it comes back in the mail. These things are apparently not for sale. There's a big there's a big thing at the bottom where this guy really does not want people to make these and resell them. So uh, you're you're sort of on your own. You, what do you think, Aaron? You think we should we should send away for? I, I imagine a PCB can't be that expensive, right? Yeah, you know, let's let's have a chat for a minute about something here. Okay. Because you just said something here that I, I've noticed this a lot here recently, where it says down here like uh, don't like don't sell this, not mm -hmm. for sale, uh, but 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 you're supposed to make your own, right. right? So someone decided, but it's it's out there. It's 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 free to use, right? Mm -hmm. Does it? The, so is there a leg to stand on with that? No, of course not. I it's mean, do you like think? Do you think if the, the do you think the fine fine Chinese men and women over at PCB Way are going to look at this thing and they're going to say, "Oh, there's a little bit of text on here that says not for sale on eBay. Well, we need to I, make sure." 
but I mean, they're not involved. It's the people no. that would get it made there. Take it. So let's say I order up, say, 50 of these. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool 50. I take this back to the pad. I solder some crap on it. Bam. It's a Pi Storm accelerator for the 500, right? Right. And I'm like, well, heck, let's get paid. Mm-hmm. I get on eBay. I put this thing up for a, for a couple hundred bucks. Right. All right. Profit to me, $100 US. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, so am I going to get hassled? Uh, probably you'll probably, you'll probably get some, uh, you know, disconcerting email from the author of Lazarus storm. Yeah. But I don't think that this guy has a legal leg to stand on when it comes for that. Uh, to me, I don't understand this at all. Like you're putting this thing out there. People can easily, you know, make their own if they want, but a lot of people, you know, their time is more valuable than their, than their hobbyist abilities are. And so that, you know, who, why should it bother you if somebody is selling these things on the side? If you make the design freely available and you tell people see, where they can make their own, you just you just nailed it, and that was where I was going. Because I see the same thing with the when people resell vampires or whatnot, mm-hmm. or, or and I see it all the time in the console world. Like for example, these these new Steam handheld, like mm-hmm. everyone sniped these suckers and they're trying to sell them, right? Okay, right. and people get ultra mad. Okay, and I can sort of see it more on that side, but I mean at the end of the day. You know, if if I buy a vampire and I, for example, and I want to sell the sucker and make a few bucks, I, I swear to you, I don't. I've never seen the problem with this. Yeah, I mean, I can see a little bit more when you've got something that there's a limited supply of, like vampires. Like, say they only make a hundred vampires, and you know, you get one just to scalp and resell for twice the price. Well, I can see how some people might get upset that you know scalpers are buying them just to resell rather than people that enjoy them. But that is totally different than this thing, where there's literally an unlimited supply of these things from PCB Way or wherever you go. Um, they're, they're, it's not like you know they're only making a limited amount and they're worried about scalping. So, I, uh, overall, I don't. People should be able to do whatever they want when it comes to buying and reselling. We live in a capitalistic society that's how money works people yeah. buy stuff and sell it for a higher price to make a profit but well, I, yeah and it, and the thing is when it comes to stuff like uh reselling stuff like that i mean my thing is this if there is a market out there and someone's willing to pay you two three four five times the cost of something i mean you got to make that bread you know mm. i look at it i'm kind of cutthroat when it comes to that i mean you've got to I've never, I've never seen a problem with it, but I know people get real upset. Just like uh, these first run when they sell these games that are they they only do a quick run of them. Mm-hmm. They sell them high because they know there's a rareness to them, and then people get mad if someone's selling these things for three times the price. I mean, someone's willing to buy them at that price. There's a market for them. You know, right. Well, re- really what that tells what what that should tell the supplier is that, hey, we need to make more of these to satisfy demand. There you go. And, uh, and but this is, you know, we didn't mention that this is made by your buddy, Amiga superstar Edu. He is behind the Lazarus Storm. So is this. Re- oh, case- yes. I see that Aaron. Yeah. I see it now. It, in the address. Is this the case uh, for the um, the uh, Unamiga as well? Does he not want you selling Unamigas on eBay? I don't know. I never, to be honest with you, I never, I never looked. I can't imagine why he'd care. Mm-hmm. This looks, I will say, now that you mentioned that, this has all of Edu's trademarks. He loves little adapters and wackiness. This is a cool way to install this without having to pop open your machine. I like it. Uh, it's a good idea, man. Uh, you know, and uh, I'd say he'll probably move a lot of these. And like you said, I mean, he's not selling them. I wonder why he's not selling these things, Boog. Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Maybe he plans on selling it later on. He just wanted to get the design out there or, uh, you, you never know with old Edu what's going on. Yeah. Maybe he will sell them. And I mean, Edu, he's got so many sticks in the fire. Mm-hmm. He never has enough to go around. So right. that may be, he may have sold them. He may have sold all. You know of them. what I would do if I was Edu is I would get together with our buddy Frank over at Retro Rewind and I would say, Hey, spin me up a couple hundred thousand of these things and sell them off to the masses and give me a cut. That's what I do. Well, hey, there you go. Bo, you're a true entrepreneur, my friend. I am. I am. All right, Aaron, let's move on, shall we? We're going to talk about the first Amiga game jam that I've ever heard of. I like grape. So, grape? mm, I don't know. Grape jam? To me, here's my problem with grape jam. I, whenever I eat grapes, I don't eat purple grapes. I always eat green grapes because purple grapes have seeds in them sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So whenever I eat grape jelly, like at Bob Evans, which is pretty much the only time grape jelly is on offer, I always eye it with a little bit of distrust because to me, grape is purple is not a natural color 
for grapes, unless we're talking about Alexander the grape, like real grapes. Uh, so yeah, but grape joe didn't have seeds, man. You're clear. I've never caught a seed in grape joe. I know, I know, but that in a way that makes it even l- more weird, you know. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, I'm not a fan of grape jam. Thanks for bringing that up. Mm. Um, this is the Ami Game Jam. Okay, this is by uh, oh. our our buddy Cami, Amiga Cami, I guess, oh, is hosting yes. this. We see her and all the time. The theme for this year is ports. Okay, so this is all competitors have six months starting today to port any game they like to the Amiga platform. Okay, how crazy oh, is that? I like so, it. Submissions are open from July 31st until January 31st at 8 a.m. Uh, you can join the jam at any time. Itch.io slash jam slash Ami Game Jam. Um, and uh, like it says, uh, the, uh, there are some um, some great judges for this contest. There's RJ Michael. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Choice. Yeah. Uh, Hitch. Uh, this is uh, yeah. the, the guy that with Pixels at Dawn does the Hitching Post podcast. Yeah. yeah. Judge 3. TBA. Oh, man. Yeah. Who knows? Do you see who did the logo, by the way, on this? Paul Kitching. Not he's that a, Paul Kitching. He's the King Dong of logos. Bro. He is. He is. You know, I love this, by the way. You know, we need to call up our old Odyssey 2 buddy. It's time for another one, man. He could get right in. He could port one of those over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that'd be great. This so, one's good, though. I love it, man. Ports. I imagine that uh, Indie Retro News is these things. Now, I don't know how the Game Jam works. If, like, at the end, you know, on on, on uh, February 1st, 2022, the day after the Game Jam is over, there'll be, like, a showcase of all the games that were submitted. Or if we're going to see these games drop, you know, as they're completed in various places. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye out. And uh, if any cool games come out of this thing, which I'm sure there will be, uh, we'll make sure and pass them along. We should we should cover some of these games when they come out, both. Yes, it's watching, almost as if I just said that. Yeah, well, I was watching. I mean, I mean, actually, we should get in there and do like some kind of special on them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, I was watching 48K Ram do the the Atari ver- sort of the Atari game thing. Did you catch any of that when he was doing out in his stream? No. It was so it was so much fun. Uh, they, they had a contest over there, and it was like I think it was based on like a, as real being real small games. Mm-hmm. It was it was really oh like neat. a ten line like a ten line basic that's right. contest. That's type. right. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. You know, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I'm down with it. Good for her uh, for cranking this up. I love it. Cool, awesome. All right, moving on. Now this is a project that we've been talking about for a long time, but there has been an update. This was the uh, documentary by Stephen Fletcher. It was originally going to be called Amiga 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um. He, uh. The, the this was a Kickstarter. The Kickstarter has been fully funded. Everything is is cool except for the fact that we're in 2021 and the film has still not come out. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. So um. He uh, he talks about the old plan, you know, which was going to be putting the movie out in 2020. The new plan is that this this now is going to be called Amiga for uh, Amiga Alive and Kicking. I almost said Amiga Forever. That's a different thing. Amiga Alive <laughs> and Kicking. <laughs> Might okay? be a little copyright action there. And yeah. uh, obviously he is not able to go about uh, filming as he used to be able to. Uh, so what he's doing is he's, he's asking for people to send him uh, footage to use in this documentary. So he says, we're looking for self-filmed clips from the community. Yeah. So, uh, uh, if you are interested in helping Stephen out, I got a chance to talk to Stephen. Uh, I interviewed him at Amiga Ireland 2020, uh, and uh, you can see that on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you are interested in helping him out, or it, you can also pre-order the Amiga Alive and Kicking documentary uh, from the link in the show notes, or you can just Google it; it'll come up. It's a Kickstarter page. That's a so. good idea. That really does get that gets the community involved too, and 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 on the flip side. Gets the word out to everybody. Right, so, yeah, right. A cutting, a cutting plan, boat. Absolutely. Now, Aaron, this next bit of news is going to be right up your alley. All right. We've had tons of great Amiga arcade conversions. Oh. We've had Rygar. We've had a yeah. bunch of stuff. It's time, Aaron. It's time for some Kung Fu Master yes. on the Amiga. Oh, yes. And, and this is by the same guy, our buddy McGeezer. He's the guy that did uh, Rygar Turbo Sprint. Actually, I can't remember if McGeezer did, uh, if he did Rygar or not. Let's say that he did, because Rygar was great. He should just um, release this. This <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> That's great. That should be the attract mood <laughs> for this it. thing. That's awesome. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, uh, this is the very first preview, so obviously this is in ultra alpha right now. Yeah. But uh, this is this is going to be great. I cannot wait to play some Kung Fu Master on the Amiga. I can, this is going to be great. Listen, this is a a real classic game. It's you know, is this the best game? No. In fact, it's kind of it's in a lot of ways it's dumb, but it's a fun dumb. It's a I've fun always enjoyed dumb. it. It's a guilty yes. pleasure style game, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, there's nothing worse than getting to the end of that first level and having that sucker with that log come out and whack you upside the head. <laughs> I hate that guy. And the second level gets real trippy. Mm. So there you go. But yeah, good. I can't wait. That'll be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. And thank you to uh, Indie Retro News for bringing that to our attention. All right, Aaron. It's time for our Retro Rewind Hardware Pick of the Week. Bam. Uh, this week, Aaron, and this is something new that has just appeared in the store, a EEPROM for burning your very own Kickstarter. So say that you want to go, you want to go all out on making your Amiga from scratch. You know, you've got yourself an A500 plus ACA board. You've hand soldered all the components in. And just for that extra bit of like DIY, you're like, I'm even going to burn the kickstart myself. You can buy a brand new EEPROM from Retro Rewind for only $12, Aaron, only 12 bucks. I like it, man. What What a deal. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And now he does mention down here if you've got a twelve hundred, three thousand, four thousand, you're going to do this. Probably need two of these bad boys. Mm, but mm. Uh, hey, a small price to pay. Hey, you, you can set yourself up with one of these. I'm sure he'll, he'll saw a, a, a ton. You know, I I sent Frank a, uh, a a message last week after the show when we talked about his uh, recapping uh, service. Tremendous service, mode. And my message to him started off by saying, "Have you lost your mind?" <laughs> sir at these low prices i couldn't believe how uh how affordable his uh recapping service is and so if this is definitely something that you're interested in uh, i would jump on that pdq uh frank is the master and he's he's a uh, world-class tech so your hardware will be in good hands Absolutely. and all the stuff he sells you know has been uh went over with a fine-tooth comb because again, Frank knows this stuff. Highly yeah. recommend Retro Rewind. And you can save 10% off this or any order by using the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. So that's like a dollar twenty off this thing. Pretty Do it. Hey, if you need two, you're really in. That's right. That's right. All right, Aaron. Uh now you have there we, we got a pretty interesting YouTube comment uh last Yeah, we sure week. did, Boat. I wanted to touch on this because I mean we don't get these every day. Uh, Boatster. Let's go back, shall we? Let's go way back, Boat, to episode 88 mm, of the Amigos. There we, there we that's are. That's when the us. green screen was in full effect. We're obsessed with the green screen. Look, there's the, me. There's that was... <laughs> <laughs> there's that C64 I put the pie in. Yeah. I was wondering what episode that was in. So anyway, we talk about a game in this episode called Pinball Prelude. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we cleared out the majority of the pinball uh, games in like one or two episodes, <laughs> like the first week of the show, <laughs> when we were out of our minds. But this is one somehow that got past us. And uh, we had a look at it on this show. And this week, it, you know, a good thing about stuff like this, it's evergreen. You can go back and watch it anytime you want. And so someone went back and watched it. And that someone was Valen Chan, who did the graphics on this game. So he actually was involved in the making of the game. And he writes, a great podcast. And I think the summary was nearly spot on. The past table was one we cut our teeth on, experimented and fleshed out the game engine. The present table was an answer to all the playtesters of the past table who wanted a more normal feel. It was fully modeled in 3D. A camera spins and uses the laptop to display its video. On the future table, uh, images change depending on its position on the table. It also gets darker and heavier until it's cleaned in the purple area. We mentioned this because Bode actually brought up during the show that he thought that the first table was where they figured out what they were doing, and the second table was when they actually put it together. So you were exactly dead on. This guy gives you kudos, uh, Boat. And he also mentions that they had other stuff they wanted to do, but time caught up with them. And they just couldn't they couldn't get it couldn't get it in, which is we talk about this all the time when it comes to making these games. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these games are on the right path. How many times have we played a game that we we think is like this close, but it just it goes belly up? And often it's because these guys were under tremendous uh stress to get these things stuck out. And often 
the people that were going to publish these games don't really give too much of a crap about the quality of the game, as we'll come to in moments. Uh, but, and so they are forced to just put out whatever they can as quick as they can. So we appreciate uh, uh, Mr. Chan coming in, uh, chiming in on his video. We love that. And this happens all the time with these older videos. We always forget to talk about it. So we're going to try to start talking about it when the developers actually chime in. So yeah, it's, cool. it, it, it's so cool to hear from the people that made these games. It's, it really makes our day when, when we see that, especially because they often write good things about us, which is not, not well-deserved, but we appreciate yeah. it. What worries me is that because we've buried a few games, I'm afraid that the top banana people might come stumbling in. Well, and they might- I, you know, there, there was somebody that said, you know, he was one of the developers. He's like, yeah, this game was pretty bad. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, but thanks again to Mr. Chan. And hey, if you feel froggy, go check out episode 88, uh, Pinball Prelude, or, or try the game. See what you think. Yeah. Drop us a note. All right, Aaron. Speaking of dropping a deuce, let's talk no. about Gremlins 2. <laughs> Oh boy, that's a good way to start, I guess, in this case. So, Gremlins 2. Now, before you know I like to do the boat, before we get heavy into this thing, let's talk about the film that this is based on. Uh, Gremlins, the original Gremlins came out in 1984. That's I couldn't believe that. That's that's I couldn't believe it was that well, old. You, you know what? You know the biggest piece of trivia about Gremlins, don't you? What's that? It was the movie that caused the advent of the PG thirteen oh, rating. Yes, yes, I have yeah. heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, let's let's face it. It was a sort of a dark, light, dark comedy right. horror film. Horror, kind of a horror comedy. Very, uh, very a uh, weird film in yeah. a lot of ways. Real dark movie mm-hmm. for what it was, mm-hmm. with a lot of violence. I mean, but it was like. Muppety violence, but it still was violence, and sometimes the Muppets would brutally murder you. So that's right. the way it went. Uh, so, of course, that film made two hundred and twelve million dollars yeah. uh, in eight. And, and that's an that's an eighty four. It was a huge hit. I saw that one in the theater. We we loved that one, and so we were excited when we heard that Gremlins Two was coming out. Gremlins Two, directed by the same fellow, Joe Dante, uh, and. Starred pretty much the same group of people from the first one, Jack Galligan, uh, Phoebe Cates. This one also added Christopher Lee, which, mm-hmm. hey, Christopher Lee's awesome. I saw something today where Christopher Lee had Christopher Lee had been into Howling Part 2, which I don't know if you've ever seen the Howling movies. Is that a werewolf movie? It is. The first one was really good, and the second one was really bad, and it turns out that Joe Dante directed the first one. And mm. I read that uh, one of the things that, Christopher Lee did was apologize to Joe Dante for being in the second one. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but one thing I like about uh, Christopher Lee is like, he's all like Vincent Price. Show him the money. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll do as long as he's getting paid, brother. He's in. Uh, anyway, this one, uh, Gremlins 2 came out June 15th, 1990 uh, in the States. Uh, I was in the theater, boat. I saw this with my family uh, when it came out. So, Kind of neat. That's probably one of the last times I went out to the movies with my whole family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this one did not do as well uh, in the box office. In fact, it did horrible. It, on a $30 million budget, it made a total box office draw of $41 million. Mm. And this one was entirely different than the first one in almost every way. This one was much wackier. This one was this was almost a parody of its of the first film. Well, do you know that? Do you know the story of how this all came about? Go, go, boat. Okay, so the the studio because obviously it's six years passed between Gremlins one and Gremlins two, which is a long time to wait for a sequel. Yeah, and uh, the reason why is because nobody could figure out what to do. Um, they, uh, you know, they they got the writers in the writers' room and they pitched different things, and nobody nobody could figure out how to make a second Gremlins movie. So they went back to the original director and they're like, "Listen, we'll let you do whatever you want if you just come back and direct this movie. You know, you'll have complete creative control." And uh, the director, whose name was well, I'm sorry, what was the director's name? Joe something. Joe Dante. Right. He was like. I knew making a, a proper sequel was impossible, so I just did whatever I wanted, <laughs> and they, and that's why the movie's so wacky. You know, this movie remind now this is a stretch here. You know, one of my all time uh, favorite films is Crank. All right, I mm-hmm. loved Crank. Right. Well, at the whole premise of Crank is at the end of the movie, Crank has to die. That's mm-hmm. the premise of the film. Well, when they made a sequel where Crank was somehow alive <laughs> and they had to make a movie that was a sequel to Crank 2, they just said, this is impossible. Let's make it as stupid as we can. And a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was pretty amusing. Gremlins 2 did the exact same thing 
It's a better. I mean, mm-hmm. Gremlins two is absolutely insane. It's like the whole movie's like turned up to eleven all the time. Yeah, it yeah. reminds me of like if the Muppet movie was like much more demonic. Basically, mm-hmm. it's just like crazy absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, it's time. very yeah yeah. It takes place in New York, and it, it takes place in this building. And guess what? The Gremlins, it's like a place that does gene splicing and stuff. And the Gremlins get loose. They get Gizmo wet again, the whole shtick. And it's just a bunch of crazy Gremlins uh, running around this building being crazy, getting gene spliced. You got uh, crazy bat Gremlins and you got mm-hmm. freaking... Uh, spider Gremlins. Spider Gremlins. You got a Gremlin that's real super intelligent. Yep. You got real dumb ones. Yep. Brainy you know, Gremlin, uh, you know, you got Brainy Gremlin in glasses that sings New York, New York. Yes, you've got um, Girl Gremlin. Yeah, Lady Gremlin. <laughs> so you got all these crazy Gremlins in New York, New York City skyscraper. What could go wrong? Well, another thing that makes this thing uh, interesting is that it starts off with a Looney Tunes cartoon. I'd forgotten about that until I started looking into this. I always thought that was kind of neat. Uh, you also got... There's several times in the film where they just break the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctly being in the theater when the film broke, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And then Hulk, Hogan, they, they <laughs> do you remember that part? There's yeah. a part where the Gremlins break the actual film you're watching, mm-hmm. and, and they and there's a, a steward that looks like Mean Gene Oprah walks up, and Hulk Hogan's in the theater, and he physically threatens the Gremlins <laughs> until they stop screwing with the movie. I remember I was of course I was a big wrestling fan, I was like I was popping big time for that. I thought that was great stuff. <laughs> And that's what I liked about this movie. It did not care. It was completely yeah. out of control. Yeah. So there's a lot to be done with a movie like this because they really set the stage for what could be a great game. You've got all of these different types of crazy gremlins. You know, you've got this uh, crazy backdrop in New York City. There was a lot of stuff they could have done. And so despite the fact that the film didn't do that well, of course, the games are usually in production well before the films get released. Uh, Gremlins 2, the game, was made. Uh, this came out in 90, uh, and this was a uh, on one disc. This had one to two player hot seat and was developed by an outfit called, called Motive Time. They did Joe and Mac Caveman Ninja. Do you remember that one? Which is, is not a bad game. I mean, it's not remember, a great game, but it's not bad. So they uh, it was time to make Gremlins 2. Now, if you're going to make a game back in the day, uh, and you know it's going to be some sort of platform. That's a, a movie licenses. This is sort of what they did, and so that's what this is. This is a Gremlins Two, is a is a, uh, a wacky platform game where you play the titular hero, the Gremlins movies, Billy, as you're trying to re- assemble what you need to get rid of the Gremlins, uh, and the entire time you are accosted by all these different Gremlins. Uh, this game was released in this version. Uh, for several different uh, machines, you had your Amstrad version, uh, the Atari ST, the C64, MSX, uh, DOS, the ZX. And then also you had other games called Gremlins 2 that were released for the uh, Game Boy and the uh, NES. But these were completely different games. I, I don't know about the Game Boy one, but I know in the NES when you actually play as Gizmo as opposed yeah, the, to the Yeah, the, the NES version is made by Sunsoft. And what they did was they basically took the Fester's Quest engine and turned it into well actually it could have been the other way around they could have taken the gremlins 2 engine and turned it into fester's quest but it is a top-down uh isometric style game where you play as gizmo and you're running around doing stuff totally different game i see very good so uh this is a fl- believe it or not and, and strange this is a flip screen uh platform and, and what it reminds me of in a lot of ways boat uh, and and not in any favorable ways but this sort of has, uh, it's kind of like playing like Impossible Mission or something. Well, you it's know, a lot like every flip screen platformer on 8-bit systems. Like the eight, the Adams Family on the 8-bit systems. Like remember when we played Adams Family on the ZX Spectrum? Yeah. Very similar to this. Yeah. Uh, there's a billion games that are just like this. So your goal in this is to go through the game and collect five necessary items to, to complete the game. Uh, and the necessary items on the screen are, are basically letters. There's a lot of letters on the screen, as you'll mm-hmm. discover as you go through this, and they do different things. Uh, so, uh, as Billy, you run through the game. It starts on the first level of the building, and you work your way up to the top. Uh, the uh, entire premise of the game is as you run and jump on platforms, you're perpetually hounded uh, by the gremlins. And they had do represent many different forms of gremlins in the game. 
uh, including just an average gremlin. You've got gremlins that ride on rockets. You've got gremlins that fly. You've got gr the dumb guy gremlin that throws apples. You've got a, a gremlins that sneak up from behind stuff and throw stuff. There's a pogo stick guy. Uh, there's spider uh, gremlins in there. Spider gremlin. There's also the the girl gremlin in here, uh, and they basically are on like a timer as far as I can tell on the screen. Mm -hmm. They wait a few seconds and respawn, right. and that's pretty much how it goes. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the gameplay of this big boat, what were your what were your opening thoughts uh, when you fired this thing up, man? This is a this is a very nice looking game. Um the backgrounds are rendered attractively. There's a lot of color in both the the the, the characters, the moving characters on the screen and the backgrounds themselves, the backgrounds are interactive. So you've got, you can jump up on things. Uh, you've got things that fall over as you move by them. Um, the main character looks okay. You know, he, he has that sort of lame looking, you know, uh, gate that lots of characters and games that we talk about have. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but overall he doesn't look bad. He doesn't look offensive. Uh, the gremlins all look Pretty good. I mean, yeah. they're scaled. The sprites are scaled down quite a bit, uh, but they, you know, they all have a lot of personality. Uh, one thing that I immediately noticed is this game looks like an eight-bit game that has been upresed for sixteen-bit systems because <laughs> you've got the old uh, lower third of the screen HUD vision that's ever prevalent in the old oh, ZX yes. Spectrum games yes. and a bunch of Amiga games too, unfortunately. Um, and it's a flip, like I said, it's a flip screen platformer. Uh, and uh, by the 16-bit era, the world had moved on in the console world, but in the computer world, the flip screen still reigned supreme. So uh, those were my initial thoughts going in. The you know it's funny that you mentioned the scaling in this. The scaling's all whacked out in terms of the backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in line with the with the grim ones, but I noticed like. There are levels where you're in like a laboratory, for example. The uh, when you go to the uh, to the uh, uh, gene splicing level, and the like, your guy, it's like a, a child in a lab. Like his head <laughs> doesn't come up to the bottom. He can yeah. never use this equipment. He can't it's, reach it's, it. It's really hard to to make things scale properly in platforming games, which is why that you always have like the I'm shrunk down level because if you drew them to scale, the pixels would be so small you wouldn't be able to tell what was going on. Yeah, it's it, it's almost like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids right. uh, was involved in this. Uh, I, I agree. The Gremlins look good. I, I think the sound in this is pretty solid. It's the, a, the, the song that plays is the Gremlins 2 theme. Yeah, yeah and it's good. It's mm -hmm. real good. I mean, and and also this has actual sound during mm -hmm. gameplay and yep. music. It's not, don't get me wrong. It's not like a end it's all not be all two sound. sound but it, yeah. No, but it's not bad. And, the, and not you bad. will get, and you will get sick of the Gremlins song, which is sad because it's a great song, but I got mm -hmm. sick of it uh, pretty quick. And that's the only song. Uh, I will say when you recover, one of the items it starts the song over at the sort of the at the very beginning where it's almost like a fanfare mm -hmm. before the song kicks up so that's kind of nice it makes you feel like you did something but then of course then the song starts right back up um the uh the the character you're right he has the look of something that's 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 that can't like i don't think this was ported from say like the the Amstrad version, for example, but you almost have the feeling like they took, they they were like, okay, we're going to port this to a bunch of the smaller systems, mm -hmm. so let's keep it within the range of those systems, right? And we'll just make it like the guy does. It's not particularly well animated. He's also the, and I will say, getting into the gameplay a little bit, he doesn't. He's sort of mopey, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to put it. Uh, the, the gremlins come on the screen. The Gremlins, like I said, they look great. They're not super animated. They just kind of lumber around. Some of them don't move at all. There's like when they're rocket ships or pogo sticks. But they kind of lumber up, but they're fast. And your guy lumbers around, and they come from both all directions plus above you and it's or below you if they're on the pogo stick. And so you've got these quicker enemies coming at you all the time, and your guy needs to spin real quick. And usually the weapon you've got is not the best. And so it's it's incredibly difficult to keep your six covered when there's something coming down the other other side of you and it can be a frustrating experience uh that's that's uh, for sure did you when you comes to the actual gameplay because you know right away when it starts what were your initial thoughts when you hopped on out of that first elevator and and started running right um my initial thoughts were this game is not very good <laughs> that was the initial thought wasn't it? because I'll tell you why <laughs> they give you a flashlight at the beginning of the game 
and then they're like, here's an upgraded weapon. It's an apple. This is the old uh, ghosts and goblins spiel where they where they give you power ups that aren't even that aren't really power ups because the apple is so much worse than the flashlight. Okay, <laughs> so the, this there are a couple reasons why this game is not good. The the first and the most egregious is the way that the enemies spawn. You're right, the enemies spawn on a timer. It's like you can see the code working behind the game as you play it. There's a timer, and every so often, certain enemies come out of the woodwork. In a game that's designed well, you don't have that. In a game that's designed well, they look at the environment and they say, what would be a good time for these enemies to come out, and when do we need to not have enemies come out? This game gives you tons of opportunities to explore. You know, These levels are basically linear levels that work from left to right. Uh, but they have uh, a top and a bottom, sort of like Rolling Thunder or something like that, where you have an upper story and a lower yeah. story. And there are lots of different ways to get up there. Like sometimes you can stand on, like for example, in the first level, there are filing cabinets where the drawers come out and they're they're on a timer and you can hop up the, the drawers and you can go up there. And the game, it, when you look at it, is you're like, oh man, I can get up there and I can see this stuff. This, this is kind of cool. Well, guess what? It's not cool because as soon as you get ready to get up there, Another gremlin pops out from nowhere and kills you. Yeah. This is a one-hit death game, and that was a mistake. This game should have been a three-heart affair where you've got three hearts before you die. Or maybe you could earn more. So like Adam's family. Would right, be a right. But at least idea. in Adam's family, you start with two hearts. Yeah. So. Oh, no, but um, I'll say I agree. Yes, but because that... And the thing is, what this game is mind-numbingly cheap. Mm-hmm. And it's part of it's because of the the way the enemies spawn, but part of it's because they'll do stuff for no good reason. Like you'll jump up on a ledge that you just saw a gremlin skateboard across, and it'll disintegrate when you jump on it. Right. Or you'll be running across a lab, and like all of a sudden, a guy pops up behind it, or a, a guy is on a uh, on a skateboard above you, and you run under the ledge, and he can just sort of go through the ledge and fall on you mm-hmm. without any rhyme or reason. Or the pogo stick guy. He's bouncing along, and all of a sudden, he can bounce back up on your level and hit you. I mean, these guys are like homing gremlins. Yeah. Uh, it's And so when a game... I, listen, if a game's going to be that cheap, fine. But you need to give the players a shot at it. Mm. Uh, because if you don't have... If you if you don't give them a chance to at least make some progress, then it, people get frustrated and people quit. Right, right. And you wouldn't think that a flip screen platformer game would be that hard to beat if you turn on the unlimited lives cheat. Yeah, which but I did. in a lot of cases, just making your way from one side of the screen to the other is a challenge because of the cheapness of the enemy. Yes, absolutely. Or the fact that they just, they come at, so many of the enemies come at you so quickly that, and from different angles and your weapons are so shoddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, here's something else about the game. It gives you, a, you start off with a flashlight and like Boat said, you can get an apple, and the apple is okay if you're going to if you're higher up, for example. But it, it's not that great just as an as a weapon. The weapons you want to get are like the mega flashlight or the or the multi shooting flashlight that shoots from front and back. You know, the problem is once you get these awesome weapons, the second you die, you lose the weapon, and not right. only do you lose the weapon, but where it was the pickup of the weapon is gone. Yep. So you can't just kind of go grab it again. You've lost it. So getting weapons in this game is pointless. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. you don't get to keep them for any length of time because you're almost certainly going to die a lot. Right. You know, this isn't a kind of game. This this reminded me in a, in a lot of ways in terms of my deaths per minute of something like a uh, like a ZX Spectrum uh, like platformer of death, like Manic Miner. Mm-hmm. It's actually, but this one, the Manic Miner levels are are ridiculously difficult. But I never thought they were like mega cheap. This is this this is just cheap and not well, yeah. And, and this cheap is, isn't to me, fun. To me, this is less like Manic Miner and more like Exelon, the game that we played last week on on our Sinclair. Um, where because in Manic Miner, you've got a set number of enemies on the level, and the, that amount of enemies doesn't change. Uh, in Exelon, you've got enemies that just keep coming. You know, they keep coming at intervals. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with having infinitely uh, spawning enemies. Never mind. That's the that's a mistake. There's always something wrong with having infinitely spawning. Yeah, enemies. I was. I thought you lost your mind for a second. But there are ways to do it to where it's not quite so annoying. Um, and I and I think that uh, that this is this is this is an example of how the, how not to do that. Yeah. The uh, uh, so as you go through this game, you like you can go through a whole level 
and not escape because you've got to you have not gathered up the item you need to uh, to uh, escape the level. Uh, once you grab the item, and it could be something like setting the clocks forward two hours, or a water spigot, or, or Gizmo's box. I think it's three. There's the three uh, items right there. These are all related to the movie in some way. Uh, you then you'll have the ability to the, uh, get on the elevator to go to the next level. You have to get to the elevator once you do this. I might add. But once you get to it, you can move up to the next level. Then now, when I say next level, I wouldn't get too excited. It's not like these things are radically different. I mean, they're different. Well, again, this game, uh, like you do move to different, and this is the perfect setting for a game because you're in a TV studio, so it's yeah. it's a perfect setting to have a variety well, part of, of environments. It is, yeah. Um, and so I think that uh, I th again, on the face of it, without playing the game. Like, if they could remove all of the enemies from this game, this game controls pretty well. I mean, it's not the best controlling game that I've ever played in my life, but it's not the worst by a long shot. Um, and there are a variety of, of levels to explore. The levels themselves are not crazy long. Uh, I think the levels are all a good length. Um, there's really, you know... They're actually quite short if you think yeah, about it. It's just because you, you play the same screen so many right. times. It's it's such a shame that you know the the actual playing of the game in regards to the enemies is it, it ruins the experience because there are so many good things about this game. We didn't talk about how Gizmo sometimes parachutes in. It's sort of ran. I don't know if, if you it's hit, random. You hit the R. If oh, you, you hit, hit the, the R. R. Okay, and he he doesn't help a bit. No, no, He's, that's utterly worthless <laughs> when he comes rolling on the screen. I do I do like his I do like his Puyan like positioning though. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. It's I, I agree with the poo part. He sucks. It didn't help a bit. Uh, the, the letter and something else that's lazy in this game is having letters up here. Yeah, that the letters are stuff. lame. That's real you know? bad. And and I know I, there's also and I never did this. There's a way you could go to like a, a store to get buy stuff, but I I never even got to a store to do anything. Mm -mm. In fact, there it is on the screen. Right? Did you ever get to this point where? No, you get I never got to the store. Yeah, I had so, Infinite Lives turned on, and I only got to, like, level three or something like we that. We should also so. mention that having Infinite Lives turned on does not mean you can beat the game. Right. Because, by the <laughs> way, in a twist, in a, in a, in a cunning twist, uh, and I, I'm sure Eric Pixel Gaiden will appreciate this, this also has a time limit that's running the entire time. So when you're, no matter how many lives you've got left, if you run out of time, game over, which is what happened to me in my longest stretch through the game, I just, I just ran out of time. And died, and the time is cumulative. So I mean, it goes, it goes throughout air, all the levels. You get mm -hmm. X amount of time to get through all of them, and you're gonna have to haul butt. Now, I, if you look at this game, if you go watch the world, uh, 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 the world of long plays on this, they run through the entire game in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's a bang bang operation. Well, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also just saw an enemy clip through. Uh, there might be some cheats involved in this particular. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, he's know. got cheats on too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there are a lot of areas where you have to figure out how to get high up to get stuff to get, and which is again, that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that trying to figure out how to do that involves you dying a hundred times. Right. You know, this is just one of those games. I'm oh, here's like a question you. I have. I don't. Yeah. I, what do the credits represent in this game? You know, I, you collect those bubbles, and you've got yeah, a thing in the HUD. That's down how there you to use. That's how credits. you buy. That's how you buy stuff at that. Oh, store. that's how you buy yeah. stuff in the store. Yeah, okay. that's what okay. the bubbles do. Um, but the, ultimately, buying weapons is it doesn't mean anything, as mm -hmm. we talk, discussed. Because having weapons, you won't have them long enough until you die, and yeah. you're going to die a hundred times. So it doesn't matter. This so, is a game. I feel like if you could play it with cheat engine enabled. And, yeah. uh, and and just sort of run through it like it will. It's it's tough because you don't want to turn off enemy clip. You know, you don't want to just be able to run through it. They, but I mean, I I don't want to bury this game because it's. I mean, the enemies are unfair. But I think that there's there's a game here that's worth playing if somebody could just get into the code and just tweak it just a little bit. It's it's generic to me. I'll be honest. With really. You. I, I mean, it's just there's nothing like, generic about this. It follows the movie. The characters are there. No, there's but I mean, no I'm generic enemies. To, I'm talking just the gameplay. It's no, it's no great shakes. Like, why can't we have? There's all these different gremlins in the movie. Couldn't we have a boss fight? It's not even a boss fight at the end of the game. It just ends. Yeah. You know that. I mean, what came, also the fact that they they've represented stuff with just letters hanging up in space. The bubbles as credits. Like that's weird. That is just, weird. It's just a goofy game. 
the fact that you can't re-get those power-ups, they mm-hmm. disappear. Yeah, that, that's but, a horrible idea. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff uh, going on that just, and it's remedially bad. Like, I, and again, I'm not going to bury these guys. I'm sure they were under a time deadline when they put this thing together. But, I mean, listen, we've done enough of these games in the show. Why Why do people hate giving you hit points in these games? I can't mm-hmm. figure it out. If you were to give a guy, like you said, two or three hit points, at least you'd have a fighting chance. Right. You know, well, I, again, I, it all comes down to, um, you know, in and especially, you know, I hate to stereotype, but you know, in 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 Europe, it just seemed like making the game fun and making the game challenging. You couldn't do both, you know. Like in order to make the game challenging, you had to make it less fun, and well, and that, and, that, and that was how and that was how they did it because, like, you know, maybe you're you're you know you're saying, okay, well, if you're the developer of this game, well, I can run through it with no problems, you know. So it, why shouldn't anybody else have any trouble? I that's the only that's the only thing because this is 1990. You know, this is not 1986 or 19, you know, by this point, there were conventions for games like this. One hit kills and platforming games like this were not the norm. Okay. And so I I just can't understand other than the fact that, you know, this was obviously a rushed release. This came out the same year that the movie did. So I guarantee you that they had some advanced knowledge or maybe they got screeners or something. And they were working on this stuff as the movie was in theater. So I don't know. I'll give you the boat test, all right? How would this thing fare on your on your on beloved SNES? Uh, it wouldn't fare well. Okay. But if there were hit points... But yeah, but I'm talking as it stands. As is, yeah, yeah. it would not fare well. Because now, like I it, said... Even if it had hit points, how would it fare? The look of it, the the gameplay. This is this is low end stuff. You, yeah, you don't see a lot of the old third of the screen HUD thing once That's, we get into the Super Nintendo, which we era. also hate. Yeah. And that thing is, you don't need all that crap. You know, again, you don't need you don't need pictures of the Gremlins or the logo. You don't need any of that stuff. It's mm-hmm. just that's an easy cop out to where you don't have to finish you know making the game. And we see it time and time again. So I'm going to call this what it is. It's a cheap movie license that they put about one-third Impulse Heine into to get it out, and they put it out, and it was a done deal. Plus, you're making a game for a movie that may or may not be a hit. You never know. So why put a ton of effort into it? You know, and that's what. Mm-hmm. So that's what you get. Yes, is this a playable game? Did I completely hate it? Was it the worst thing I ever played? No. I mean, and some of it, there were, there were some elements of it I thought were cute. There was a really nice cut scene with a close-up of Gizmo that someone really took a lot of work into. That, that's the, the best part of the game. Yeah, that's it's really beautiful. The best part of the game, and the yeah. sound effects, they got the, the guys laughing when they kill you. They say, bye-bye, Billy. All mm. that kind of crap. That that, but, that was lame, though, because I, I I didn't... It sounds like... Meh. It I doesn't hear sound it. like bye-bye, Billy. I, it sounded okay to me, but the, at the end of the day, you hear it so many times, you just you wanted to shut up. Yeah. But, I mean, no no boss battles. Nothing, nothing to set this game apart. Uh, and lazy efforts on a lot of stuff. I, it it didn't it didn't do it for me, Boatster. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, it didn't do it for Lemon either. Uh, this one got awarded the old poo, mm. the Lemon Poo. <laughs> it's got a it coming in at a, with the Lemon Poo at four point oh two. The magazines of the day, uh, Ace gave this a thirty nine burial. Uh, Amiga Action gave it an eighty four. So they were, hey, there you go. And Amiga Action, there you go. Amiga Format 79. So they kind of dug it. But Amiga Joker, mm-mm, it wasn't having it, Boat. That's what I like about Amiga Joker. It punishes you for sucking. 42%. Uh, also, uh, I believe they said it was a Swedish magazine. Uh, the Tor Magazine Volume uh, 17 gave this a 5 out of 10. So Fitty, your Amiga 76 Zero gave it a 79. The average magazine rating, amazingly, a 72% vote. What did the Discord mm. say about this bad boy? Well, Zorglub joins the Lemon Party. He says, Gremlins 2 Review. Whoa, this is a really disconnected game. I can't really find anything about this game that I enjoy. Okay, music, but only okay. 3 out of 10 for me. There you go. There you go. Uh, now, if you are so inclined, Boat, we often talk about these games that go for a fortune boat i have seen this one sell if you want the discs five american dollar i saw a box copy of this sell in the past month for under six u.s dollars really that's that's low that's low end and i saw another box copy sell for 14 bucks so you can get this thing and take it to the house uh for a song if you are so inclined but yeah i mean i will say 
I was. This is exactly the game I was expecting. If I'm honest, uh, it I just didn't expect it to be that good mm-hmm. because that's the way these movie games often are. You know, it's just they're not. It's just you know uh, uh, they they took this one. It wasn't a complete washout because of the amount of time they spent on the artistic touches of the grim ones. The backgrounds look okay. The sound effects look okay. The cutscene. But, I mean, the rest of it was a phone-in job, in my opinion, Boaster. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, let's leave Gremlins 2 and uh, talk about what's been going on over on the YouTube channel, shall we? Let's have a look here, Boat. Not a a ton to talk about this week, but we'll get into it. So, last Friday, I was feeling down in a funky boat. And since we didn't have a show, because we filmed on Thursday, it was another wacky night of uh, random Amiga action. Uh, from me, your good buddy, your bosom companion boat, Amigo Aaron. And uh, we played a lot of crazy games. It was all requests. You know how I like to do it. So if you want to watch me in the chat room get into some trouble here, uh, boy, we tried some Shinobi boat on the Amiga. <laughs> Talk about phoning it in, brother. <laughs> it, was not, it wasn't that good. I will say the sequel to it, though, this Shadow Dancer. I like this one. Not we bad. We should play boat. Shadow Dancer. It yeah. sounds like me. Hold me close, Shadow Dancer. Of course, somebody did requested Agony. We oh. played a whole slew of the uh, 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 of these stupid playing games, which I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of, but you know people love them. Sort of afterburnery. And, and, oh yeah, afterburner. There was a couple afterburners we we gave a shot. So if you're into that, if you want to watch some uh, good uh, wholesome streaming with your buddy, come on by and check me out. Uh, that's up on the uh, site there. Uh, my brother and myself. Uh, last week we tackled globe trotting games, Boat. Yes. Have you checked this out yet, Boatster? I have. I listened oh. to the episode. Okay. Uh, my brother, the Brent, if you will, picked the arcade game World Rally Championships. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this was distributed by Atari over here, Boat, but it was mm. as I researched it. Uh, this is one of those gimmicks where they tell you left or right. It's a rally mm-hmm. game, you know, that shtick. And then I came back in with uh, uh, a Stone Cold classic boat. James Bond Jr. Most people call it the greatest game on the system. I hated this game. I hated the concept (laughs) for it. I knew when I picked it, I'd made a horrible mistake. But I I was trying to play. I want to try something I hadn't played before. And uh, I won't play it again, by the way. So if you want to watch uh, me play a horrible game, and Brent, I got to give him credit. His game wasn't bad. You, you're a fan of this one, aren't you? Both the old world. Yeah, I, I, I sort of killed the graphics because I thought that, that for an arcade game, it was sort of lacking. But yeah. the gameplay is solid. Like you said on the show, it's a lot like the Neo Drift game. Yeah, uh, it's much, much better than the Amiga version because the Amiga version didn't give you enough time to turn. I'm thinking the Amiga about. version stole some of the uh, art. I think I think they did, but that's sort of the problem with this game is it's an arcade game that looks like an Amiga game from like 1989. There so. you go. Another burial there, both from you. Um, oh boy, here we go. You mentioned this in the uh, uh, in the uh, earlier game. Look, we this is R. Sinclair this time around. We played Exelon, a yeah. game that I picked solely in the basis of the coolness of the game or the name. But mm-hmm. hey, sometimes you get lucky. Uh, yeah, boat. this was a great game. This we was both a, really one of the best one of the best ZX games that we've played. I think I really mm-hmm. enjoyed this one. A playable, unique platforming game with a twist. Now, it's not perfect, but it's very good. And the art and color in this, it's a very colorful game it, in it, the it, colorful it, tradition of the Spectrum. Right. It brings to mind all that is great and could be about the ZX Spectrum. We've talked about this before, but I'm going to touch on it again. The Spectrum's palette, it's like, like I said, it's like, it's like, it's like the Vectrix. It's mm-hmm. got its own look that cannot be duplicated, Boat. Yeah. That's what makes it great. We love, we love the uh, ZX there, uh, Boat. And finally, uh, Boatster... Uh, and I missed this because my internet was down, and yours was too. Mm-hmm. But our good buddy, the Flack, Jack Flack, on Sprite Castle Plays this week, had a look at Rocket Ball. Now, I haven't got to see this yet, but just the name of that sounds like it's instantly gold to me. Mm. Uh, Rocket Ball, you know, I'm a big uh, fan of the old roller derby mm-hmm. back in the day. And this looks like some dudes skating. This looks like if you got the cast from Kung, the Kung Fu Fighter game we looked at earlier, and just like, put them on skates and like a disco. And here they uh, did you look at those guys? They drove by. They looked like they looked like <laughs> they, they do look like they're wearing some sort of martial arts gear. Yes, <laughs> it's good to see those guys have another job, or maybe this is their hobby. <laughs> That's what they do on the weekends when they're not hanging out at the Kung Fu Palace. <laughs> Listen, you kill so many of those guys in the game, they have got to do something to stay fit because they just get beat instantly. So please. Check out the Flaxer. I'll be checking this out later tonight, by the way. Uh, and enjoy him looking at Rocket Ball, which presumably this will be uh, 
the upcoming Sprite Cast, and we'll be Rocket Ball. That should be good stuff, Boat. Boat, I think that's all we've got. All right. Well, um, I guess, Aaron, uh, now that we've covered all of the goings on, we should head and talk about our high score challenge mm. that's been going on over on the old Discord, you know. On the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord, we've always got uh, some high score challenges on both the Amiga and the ZX Spectrum. And Aaron, this last one on the Amiga was a real humdinger, as they say, as the kids say. No one um, says that. We had we were playing, of course, the Demon Night of the Demon Table on Slam Tilt Pinball, and Barkbit, the undisputed master, he uh, he he might have met the devil at the crossroads to get this score, Aaron. One billion eight hundred and six million five hundred thirty thousand, more than three times the score of the the, the second place challenger. You could so tell you could tell Slam Tail was made in the era of pinball, where they just said, "Listen, people like getting high scores. Let's add twenty zeros to the end right. of all games." Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who uh, what 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 score didn't get twenty zeros. Mine. <laughs> I have. I ended up with a paltry sixty-eight million four hundred forty thousand. But you do have a point there. <laughs> so, uh, and on the ZX Spectrum High Score Challenge, uh, we are. Let's see. I'm trying to see. Looks like maybe the uh, yeah the the new challenge has not yet been listed yet. So we're Ooh. waiting on Frodo and L, our High Score Chief, to announce that. So that'll be some big news for next week. We'll get that going. Um, now, uh, Aaron, before we leave. It's time. It's time to thank all the fine folks that make Amigos happen every single week of your life. Uh, and we start. It's <laughs> a weird way to say it. <laughs> and we start with our Twitch subscribers. You know, our Twitch subscribers are great because a lot of the times, but not all the time, they watch the show live. They participate in the chat here with us, and we really appreciate them. Uh, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Blue Jellyfish, Eeyore 4077, Da Crabs MTG, Beach Bum 7, Scumboy, Orom, Jigglebox, Captain Chaos, DK, Uber Scuba Diver, Gary Heather, Peeplo, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Amy Steph, Mazames, Luminate 08, John Marshall 3, Buck Owens, Made by Legends, Dragonbane, OZ, Dave Velociraptor, History Chick 1558. Still Adolescing, Wing Chun Wolf, Alley Cat, Wide World of Retro, Frodo and L, Blue Train, Math Dufort, Back to 8-Bit with Hermski, Paco Take, Retro Jerry, and Neg Saul. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on Twitch. And if you would like Thanks to subscribe to us, uh, all it takes is an Amazon Prime uh, subscription. You get one free Twitch sub a month. Costs you nothing, really benefits us. Or you can just subscribe to us the regular way. Now, you like that? <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to put that together. That's nice. The regular way. All right, Aaron. Uh, now, it's been a while since we've done a full band Patreon song. The, the 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 masses have been calling out. People have been leaving their houses, staring up at the sky, shaking their fists and saying, give me another Patreon full band song. Well, I'd rather have the band. I will say that. Anything <laughs> to dull out your voice. I'm on board. All right. Well, we you've asked and we've delivered. Here we go, Aaron. Oh, sorry. Before you start it, John at AmigosPodcast.com, if you know the answer. If you are watching live in the chat, please do not spoil it for everyone else. Send me your answer instead. David Hearn, Chris Edwards, Ram OK, Ram OK, David Terrace, Drew Carlos, Matthew Mobius, The Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, Christian Russell, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Fammy King, Crazy Loomis, William Venterscom, Bundy Prague, Lord, 
Talk by Lindo Lampo Permski Jonah, aka Simulant Alien Breeder, David Velociraptor, Calvert Boy, Lane Dinson, Luke Hudson, John Cook Bomb, the Base Roto, and Elso Incisor, Tech Major Again, Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Charity Den, the Zorg Love Reflection. Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobstrominator, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Ledger, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Lara, Moore, Andy Craig, John Zobark, Baylor Olinberg, Andrew Monk, Show the Zombie, Leith Galand, Alan Kebab, Checo, Taylor, Lord. John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Biggie CCC, The Slow, Norris Stephens, Sogard Mortensen, Evan Helen, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Orange Roo, Grant Bethy, Adam Bettisby, O'Brien, Richard Vintage, Gary Huskin, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Matt Josh Nyland, Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Homer Stein, Daniel Binks, and Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels of Dawn, and Kilbjorn Barman. Man, you PK zipped that thing together, didn't you? Smashed all them names in there, bud. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you run out of song. That's just how it goes. So, thank you to Graham W. Bebke for uh, playing the drums on that one. A drum rep, Boat. He's a yes. reppin' for the company. Yes. Uh, he has a, a room-sized drum kit, as uh, as I believe Neil said in the chat. He is he's he's the master. He's a big uh, deal. And you know, one thing that I forgot to do was uh, announce the winners of last week's Patreon song. Uh, so last week's Patreon song, Aaron, was "Every Morning" by Sugar Ray. Were you a big Sugar Ray fan, Aaron? I was not. And also, you, as I recall, you were horrible with that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say you did them justice. Sugar Ray is a guilty pleasure. I fire them up from time to time. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. I like their stuff. Um, so, music. Trap Shot, Mitsuyama, Rob O'Hara, Pack Billy, and Clogglebox got it again. Speaking of clogging, Aaron, Welsh clogs are more likely. Are 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 is, Welsh clogging? Are you is a, a pirate? Welsh clogging, Aaron. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Okay. So tell me about the clogging that you've seen. I've seen traditional West Virginia style clogging or uh, country dancing or what was it you called? What the Jesco does? Outlaw. Yeah, that's, that's mountain dancing. Mountain that's dancing. That's sort of a different It's all thing, the same though. crap. It's just sometimes you got wacky shoes and sometimes you don't. Vote. Well, in Welsh clogging, here's what they do. They line up a <laughs> row of candles yeah. and then they end it. I don't like the sound of this. <laughs> and then they they click their heels over the candles and they extinguish the candles. Really? And the winner is who can extinguish the most candles with the force of their heel clicking. We need to get like a thousand or ten thousand of those guys to send them out to the forest fires out in California. They can... <laughs> now that'd be a show. <laughs> that is a show. I hope TV producers are watching. It's, <laughs> it's a great idea. All right. So, um. Now, Aaron, uh, let's see. Before we get out of here, you know, you thought I was going to forget all you fine people in the Twitch chat, but I have not forgotten. I have not forgotten to acknowledge you. Pixels at Dawn, our fine, fine moderator, keeping it real, keeping it hard in the chat. Uh, thank you for being here, Pix. We've also got Amiga Live, back to 8-bit with Hermski. Barkbits here, Beach Bum 7, Bitstorm, Boston Bully 32, Brock oh. 101, Buck Owens, Chris the Wolf, Christian Russell, Cobrian, Commander Root, Da Crabs MTG, Dave Velociraptor, Droop Dog, Edvin Helland, Frodo and L, Go With Him, Jantic, Casserin, L, Curtis Boyle, All Hail, Lotic, Mikea 3000, Mitsuyama, Orom, Oil of Hope, Picard 2010, R-Typer, Retro Jerry, RMC Retro, Rob O'Hara, Robot Doctor 82, Steven Spielberg has joined us, Aaron. <laughs> how, how appropriate. Yes, yes. He's a producer on this movie. That's Sorry, right. Steve, do better. <laughs> the Retro Hour, 
and Explorer. So thank you guys so much for being with us this fine, fine evening. We do uh, record Amigos every Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, if you haven't yet, head on over to the Discord and check out Barkbit's picture where he's looking like Randy Orton. <laughs> That's you're gonna plug that. I'm plugging Barkbit looking like Randy Orton. All right, Aaron. Next week we are shifting gears. Are you ready for a maritime simulator? No, I'm absolutely not ready for that. <laughs> well, you Please better tell be. Me it's some kind of cute little boat fighting game. Because next week it's Ports of Call, oh. Aaron. Ports of Call. Oh man, that sounds hard, boat. I don't get know. Get ready. All I can tell you is get ready. I've been playing it all day today. Is it hard? <sighs> it's not easy. I'll tell you that much right now. Oh, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna experience financial ruin like you've never experienced being an owner operator of a maritime vessel. They, <laughs> that they call sounds them, like a recipe for disaster right there. They call it tramp shipping, Aaron. Is that what that is? Yes. Listen, if you pick up enough tramps, I think you can make a profit. Uh, well, you're gonna find out. <laughs> this has been suggested to the Amigos Game Selection Committee by Zorglub and voted on by the Amigos Game Selection Committee. I wanted to make a quick site announcement. Uh, going forward, if you support Amigos or our Sinclair, The Coco Show, or 1200XL, any of those shows at the $10 or more a month level, you now have access to join all of the show's game selection committees. The Amigos Game Selection Committee, the one for The Coco Show, Clive's Club, our R. Sinclair Game Selection Committee, and the 1200XL show. So you can have input into all the games that we play on all the shows. So if you are an AGSC member now, get on over to the Discord and put in some nominations on the other shows. And if you're not, if you're sort of on the fence, Maybe try it out. See what you think. It's a lot of fun uh, finding some hidden gems, voting on your favorites, and then watching us play them. We need help. Lots we do. of help. We need lots of help. We never play port of calls on our own. That's Brett's so darn sure. You never see that one go down. We will see you all on Sunday morning for the next ARG Presents. And we will see you next Friday on Amigos for Ports of Call. Mm. Until then, adios. adios.